الحمد لله نحمده ونستعينه ونستغفره ونؤمن به ونتوكل عليه ونعوذ بالله من شرور انفسنا ومن سيئات اعمالنا من يهده الله فلا مضل له ومن يضلل فلا هادي له ونشهد ان لا اله الا الله وحده لا شريك له ونشهد ان محمدا عبده ورسوله ارسل الله تعالى بالحق بشيرا ونذيرا داعيا الى الله باذنه وسراجا منيرا فاما بعد فقال تعالى يا ايها الذين امنوا اتقوا الله حق تقاته ولا تموتن الا وانتم مسلمون وقال يا ايها الذين امنوا اتقوا الله وقولوا قولا سديدا يصلح لكم اعمالكم ويغفر لكم ذنوبكم ومن يطع الله ورسوله فقد فاز فوزا عظيما وقال نبينا محمد صلى الله عليه وعلى اله وصحبه وسلم اصدق الحديث كتاب الله وخير الهدي هدي محمد صلى الله عليه وسلم وشر الامور محدثاتها وكل محدثه بدعه وكل بدعه ضلاله وكل ضلاله في النار my dear respected brothers sisters elders we are coming to the close of the year the solar year today is the 31st of december tomorrow we begin a new year and so let me talk about the one quality of rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wa alihi wasallam our beloved prophet muhammad peace be upon him which can be called insha allah his signature which can be called a quality that distinguished him from all other human beings and that is the quality of forgiveness the quality of forgiveness his rab said about him wama arsalnaka illa rahmatan lil alamin we have not sent you o muhammad sallallahu alaihi wasallam as anything other than mercy to all the worlds and his life is evidence of the truth of that ayah there are two ways to defeat enemies the first is what the world has always done through the centuries of human presence and may allah forgive us we still do that and the second one is what muhammad sallallahu alaihi wa alihi wasabi wasallam did the first way eliminates some enemies because no one in the world ever eliminated all enemies but enmity not only remains but it gets strengthened and more hard grained the way of muhammad sallallahu alaihi wasallam eliminates enemies by eliminating enmity not by eliminating people by eliminating enmity by changing the hearts his conduct sallallahu alaihi wasallam when he entered makkah as its conqueror is an example for all humanity for all time of personal humility a big heart and mercy the quraish who had tormented him and driven him away from his home 
who were directly and indirectly responsible for the deaths of those he loved the most. His uncle, his wife, his daughter, who caused him immense, and this caused him immense physical and emotional pain. These people were finally at his mercy. He could have done with them what every conqueror in the world did until then. And they do it to this day. And there would be no blame on him. But what did he do? He forgave them. He forgave them. And he recited the ayat from Surah Yusuf. Which Yusuf said to his brothers. And he said there is no blame on you today. I seek Allah's forgiveness for you and myself. He announced a general amnesty and that there would be no revenge, which was the time-honored age-old custom among the Arab tribes and among people everywhere. What did the people of Mecca expect to see when the conquering army of Muhammad wasallam entered Mecca? They expected to see what conquering armies do. Looting and pillaging and all that goes with it. What did they see? People were shocked and astounded. They couldn't believe their eyes and ears. They hid in their homes at first, fully expecting the victorious Muslim soldiers to break into their homes to loot and rampage as victorious forces are wont to do. But nothing happened. Nothing happened. Eventually, Hind bin Utba, the wife of Abu Sufyan, both of them later became Muslims, a woman who was a bitter enemy of Rasulullah and who was responsible for the mutilation of, his, of the body of his uncle, Hamza bin Abdul Muttalib in the battle of Uhud. She could not sit at home wondering what's going on, so she left her home. To go outside and look, what did she see? She saw Muhammad wasallam and his companions around the Kaaba, praying and making dua. And asking for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala's mercy and thanking Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala for his help. It is true that as the conqueror, Rasulullah wasallam could have taken revenge. But that would have opened new wounds, which would have set off a series of conflicts, all resulting in delay or defeat of his real mission, which was the spreading of his message. By forgiving those who had wronged him, he sent a powerful message that the mission was above all personal considerations and put those who wronged him in his debt instead of fighting him or hating him they were now grateful to him and wanted to please him. At one stroke, he laid to rest all future potential conflicts and vendettas among his followers without which his mission would have failed. The big lesson for us is to ask ourselves what we do. What do we do in our families? What do we do in our organizations? What do we do when we are on masjid boards and masjid 
you know, administrative groups. I mean, that is the biggest joke of the century. Because you get nothing and yet there is politics. And yet we will not forgive each other. I want to ask those who carry grudges in their hearts. The person, whoever you cause the grudge, who is the cause of your grudge? Did that person kill your daughter? Was that the person the reason for the deaths of the people you, you, who were most beloved to you? Did that person drive you away from your home? Did that person confiscate your property and your wealth? Did that person malign you and bad talk you and character assassinate you? Did he do all of these things? And what did Rasulullah do to those who did all of that and more? So what is this thing in your, in your, in your heart that you are unable to forgive? Seriously, my brothers and sisters, I don't give these lectures to give you history lessons. This is for us to reflect on ourselves. That Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala sent his Nabi alayhi salam as a witness. As a witness. Whether he will be a witness for us or against us depends on us. He is the witness. He is the witness. Whether that witness will be in our favor or against us. Is he going to say, Ya Rab, they followed me, so forgive them. Or is he going to say, Ya Rab, I told them, but they did not follow me. Which one? That is our choice. That is our choice. Out of the 70 shahada at Uhud, Al-Hamza bin Abdul Muttalib was given the title of Sayyid al-Shahada. Two of the Tabi'oon visited Al-Wahshi radiallahu The man who killed Hamza radiallahu And Al-Wahshi at that time was old. And they asked him to tell them the story. He said, how did you kill Hamza radiallahu Al-Wahshi said, Shall I tell you the story the way I told it to Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam? They said yes. Basi said, I was a slave of Jubair bin Muta'im, whose uncle was Tu'ayma bin Udaibi, who was killed in Badr. When the Quraysh went forth to Ahad, Jubair told me, if you kill Hamza, Muhammad sallallahu uncle in retaliation for my uncle, then I will free you. You will be a free man. Al-Wahshi said, you do not know what it means to be a slave. You have no idea. So you want to understand what I did, you have to put yourself in my position. Still you can't understand, but try to put, I was a slave and I was being promised freedom. He said, I am Abyssinian and like my countrymen, I am very good at throwing a spear. I rarely miss. So when the armies met, I went looking for Hamza bin Abdul Muttalib. He said, I found him in the thick of battle. Like an enormous camel striking out viciously at our men with his sword. Nothing could withstand him. He said, I made use of bushes and rocks and so on. I crept up to him. But Siba bin Abdul Uzza got to him before me. 
Hamza Radelan who called out to him and he said, Come here, you son of a woman who does circumcisions. And he said, He struck a blow so fast that I thought he had missed until Siba's head flew off his shoulders. He said, At that moment, Hamza Radelan relaxed. And Vashi said, I threw my spear. And my spear entered below his navel and went down. In that state, he turned towards me and he said, I was terrified. He tried to move towards me, but the wound was too massive. He couldn't move. He fell. Alvashi said, I waited for him to die. I was afraid even to go near him. He said, when he was dead, I retrieved my spear and I went back to my camp. He said, I had no business with anybody in Ahad. I came to do one job, I did my job and I left. Rasulullah heard of the death of his uncle. He was devastated. When he saw the body, the body had been mutilated, which added to his grief. And he wept and he wept and he wept. And he kept the body of Hamza bin Abdul Muttalib there when he read Salatul Janaza on 70 Sahaba. So Salatul Janaza was read on Hamza bin Abdul Muttalib 70 times by Rasulullah himself. This was the grief in the heart of Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. And accompanying it would have been the anger at the man who killed his uncle, Al-Wahshi. Ask yourself what you would do. I will tell you what he did. أقول قول هذا استغفر الله لي ولكم ولسائل المسلمين فاستغفروا إنه هو الغفور الرحيم الحمد لله رب العالمين وصلاة والسلام على أشرف الأنبياء والمرسلين محمد رسول الله صلى الله عليه وعلى آله وصحبه وسلم تسليما كثيرا كثيرا فما بعد فقال تعالى إن الله وملائكته يصلون على النبي يا أيها الذين آمنوا صلوا عليه وسلموا تسليما اللهم صل على سيدنا محمد وعلى آل محمد كما صليت على إبراهيم وعلى آل إبراهيم إنك حميد مجيد اللهم بارك على محمد وعلى آل محمد كما باركت على إبراهيم وعلى آل إبراهيم إنك حميد مجيد وبعد الوحشي said I returned to Mecca and I stayed there until فتح مكة and then I fled to Taif and I stayed there until the battle of Hunayn and then I had nowhere to go because there was a warrant out for me he was one of the six people who were, who Rasulullah passed a death sentence on. So he said, I was thinking I should go to Yemen or, or somewhere, Syria. When he said, one of my friends told me, look, if you want to accept Islam, go and accept Islam, he will forgive you. So Al-Vaishi said, how can you forgive me? I mean, see what I've done. Islam, no Islam. He said, no, 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 no. This is Muhammad Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. 
you go and accept Islam and he will forgive you. So Alvashi said, I covered myself up and I went and sat in front of him and I said, Ashadu Allah, ilaha illallah, wa ashadu anna ka Rasulullah. I put my hand in his hand. He accepted my Islam and he said, are you Vashi? He was not fooled. He said, are you Vashi? He said, yes, Rasulullah. He said, sit down and tell me, how did you kill my uncle? So, Alvashi said, I related the story the way I related it to you. And when I said, when I finished, he said he was weeping. See his words. He said, when I finished just telling the story, he said, Ya Bashi, when you come into my majlis, don't sit in front of me. Don't sit in front of me. Because when I see your face, my grief for my uncle gets rekindled. Eh? He didn't say, get out from here. I don't want to see you ever again. Don't come in my presence. Don't come into my majlis. No, 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 no. No. He is not depriving him of the ni'mah. The greatest ni'mah. Is to look at Muhammad in a state of Iman. The greatest ni'mah is to be in the presence and the company of Muhammad To look at him is ibadah with Iman. To be in his company is ibadah. He's not depriving him of that. He said, just don't sit in front of me because when I look at your face, it reminds me of my uncle and I. It opens my wounds. And then he said to him, now go and fight in the cause of Allah like you fought against Allah. Al-Wahshi said that when the battle was joined against Musaylm al-Kadhab, I went. And I, he said, I took this same spear. And I saw Musaylma standing in one place and he was, he had his sword in his hand. So I threw my spear. And he said, at that moment, there was another Muslim and that was Abu Dujana, anhu, who had been given the sword of Rasulullah He said, at that time, the other person also attacked Musaylma and Musaylma was killed. He said, my spear struck him and also the sword of Abu Dujana. Al-Wahshi said that if it was my spear which killed him, then that spear killed the best of people and it killed the worst of people. My brothers and sisters, I remind myself in you that in Islam there is a huge, huge, huge focus on forgiveness. What do we ask Allah for? What is the ultimate final thing? Today we are making dua, Ya Allah save us from COVID. Save us. I, I make this dua for you. May Allah save all of you from COVID, inshallah. But what is the ultimate dua? The one thing. The one thing. If we get that one thing, then nothing matters. And may Allah protect us. If we do not get that one thing, then we can have the whole world and everything it contains and it will not matter. What is that one thing? What is that? 
Anybody? What is it? Forgiveness. Forgiveness. Khalas. Forgiveness. Huh? And I make this dua for all of you. And I make this dua for Muhammad Ali Chowdhury, the father of Abdul Sattar. I make this dua for Kimad Khatak, for Gulam Kaghzi, for Munawar Sultana, the mother of our brother Tariq Manzoor. I make this dua for all the people from this masjid who have passed away. May Allah forgive all of them. May Allah forgive all of you. My brothers and sisters, Rasulullah said, whoever suffers an injury, and this may be physical, maybe mental, maybe spiritual, whatever, any injury, and forgives the person who caused it, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will raise his status to a higher degree and remove his sins. You heard this hadith. If you have any grudge against anybody in your heart, I ask you in the name of Allah, remove it. Make the niya now that you have forgiven that person. Ask Allah to forgive that person. You forgive that person. And when you go out from here, you call the person and says, Haram khalas, between you and me, inshallah there is no more problem. Please do it. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said, Allah said the recompense, the reward for an evil and is, is an evil like thereof, meaning parity in punishment and crime. But whoever forgives and makes reconciliation, his reward is due from Allah. Now Allah did not say how much reward. Eh? Allah said I, I will reward him. The one who forgives. And Allah does not like the Zalimun. Abdullah ibn Amr ibn al-As reported that Rasulullah said, Be merciful to others and you will receive mercy. Forgive others and Allah will forgive you. And this is in Musnad al Abu Abdullah al-Khadali reported that Rasulullah he said, I asked Aisha Siddiqa radiallahu anha, our mother, about Rasulullah she said he was never indecent nor was he obscene he would not shout in the markets and he would not respond to an evil deed with an evil deed but rather he would pardon and overlook this is also in this is in, in Sunan Tirmidhi Rasulullah said it is not permissible for a man to forsake his brother for more than three days each of them turning away the better of them is the one who gives the greeting first. And this is in Bukhari and Muslim. My brothers and sisters, forgiveness in Islam is so important that even in Islamic criminal law, in the much malign Sharia, Islam gives the victim or the heirs the option of forgiving the one who committed the crime against them. This is unique in the world. For example, in all other legal systems, if a murderer is found guilty of murder, then he or she is sentenced to the punishment for murder, whatever that might be in that country. 
But in the Sharia, there are three options. The judge has three options. Either the judge can levy the punishment and carry out the sentence. In Islam, this is execution. Or the heirs of the victim can accept compensation in lieu of life, which is called blood money, which is called dia. Or even more, they can choose to simply forgive the person and he walks free. There's no legal system in the world which has this. So when people want to talk about the Sharia and say it's a barbaric system, I'll tell them, yeah, very barbaric. It's full of forgiveness. How barbaric is that? My brothers and sisters, it is clear from this that the cause must supersede personal likes and dislikes of the leader. And therefore it is very important that the leader does not allow his own likes and dislikes to harm the deen or the common benefit of humanity. When we pass the doors, when we pass this test of forgiveness, then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala opens the doors of the hearts of people. And people admire that leader and people put their trust in that leader. The test comes to ask you, how much do you truly want to win? And our actions are the answer. I know this is easier said than done, but at the end of the day, it's only action which has results. I ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala Jalla Jalaluhu to be pleased with you and never to be displeased. Rabbana zalamna anfusana wa illam taqfir lana wa tarhamna la nakunanna minal khasirin. Ya ghayath al-mustaqithin. Ya jar al-mustajirin. Ya mujib al-dawati al-muttarreen. Allahumma farrij hammana wa farrij hammana wa farrij muslimina fi kulli makan. Wa farrij hamma al-muslimina fi kulli makan. اللهم اشف مرادنا ومراد المسلمين ومراد كل 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 الناس في كل مكان يا ذا الجلال والاكرام اللهم اعز الاسلام والمسلمين واضل الشرك والمشركين اللهم دمر اعداء الدين اللهم انصر من نصر دين محمد صلى الله عليه واله وصحبه وسلم واجعلنا معهم واغزل من خزل دين محمد صلى الله عليه وآله وصحبه وسلم ولا تجعلنا منهم اللهم أدنا في من هديت وعافنا في من عافيت وتولنا في من توليت وبارك لنا في معاطيت وقنا وصرفنا شر ما قضيت فإنك تقضي ولا يقضى عليك فإنه لا يزل مواليت ولا يعز من عديت تبارك ربنا وتعاليت نستغفرك اللهم ونتوب إليك يا عباد الله رحمكم الله إن الله يأمر بالعدل والإحسان وإيتاء القربى وينهى عن الفحشاء والمنكر والبغي يعزكم لعلكم تذكرون اذكروا الله يذكركم عدو يستجيب لكم ولا ذكر الله أكبر والله يعلم ما تصنعون أقيم